Okay, welcome to the Venari podcast. I'm Tim Hartnell, and in this episode, I'll be speaking with Shruti George. Shruti is currently at Avery Dennison um, as VP of Strategic Innovation Platforms, where she's heading up uh, sustainability for their $6 billion materials group business. Um, on top of this, uh, Shruti has pioneered and launched uh, a first in the industry accelerator program called uh, AD Stretch, which we'll go into more detail about uh, in the podcast a bit later. Um, prior to this, Shruti spent nine years at McKinsey working across many different sectors and geographies. Shruti, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Tim. It's a pleasure. Well, look, Shruti, uh, with no further ado and to kick things off, um, what is AD Stretch Accelerator and what made you set this up? So um, this was around in September of, of um, 2021, um, where, so, uh, where we, we were trying to figure out how we could engage with the outside ecosystem a bit more systematically. Um, and what we're trying to do at Avery Dennison right now is to spend, um, spend our time and efforts in kind of um, figuring out how to um, work with the disruptions coming toward, towards us in the form of uh, sustainability, which as all of your listeners would know is actually on top of everyone's mind. Um, and this was kind of the, the big, uh, topic for us um, and we do a lot of really good internal innovation we are a material science company through and through we go out and try and find um, th uh, you know what is the next uh, big thing in our in labels and we are at, at the cutting edge there right but um, as far as we were concerned we we were doing a fantastic job in understanding the technology out there but not necessarily engaging uh, directly with uh, some of the startups so in 2021, we went. I went to the um, to, to our leadership team and said, "Look, I would love to kind of start something that is a bit more on the open innovation side as an accelerator." And I joke, I never got told no, so I just kept barreling on. <laughs> so every month we would come and say, "Well, we've got a partner now. You know, now we've done this," and nobody kept saying. Everyone kept just listening to me. So I just said, "Okay, great, we're done. Here's a partner. We want to launch a program." And then. Um, and then we went and uh, launched it in LATAM and, uh, and Asia. And that was a conscious choice for us because in general, um, as a company, we, we tend to focus on our big markets um, and Asia and LATAM are quite small and compact and the, the, the regions were very excited to take the challenge on. So we went and did that. Um, and we basically went from idea to finding a partner in three months, which is pretty good. And then we went from uh, finding the partner in November to actually launching the program in February of 2022, which is also pretty fast uh, because I had had uh, people coming and saying, you're a bit out of your mind uh, because this is quite fast. Uh, we're not, we'll, we'll be surprised to see it launch, but the team really persevered. We launched a program um, and on the side, I also hired a program manager for us. And that was kind of uh, where we'd started. We're both internally and externally focused for this program. Internally, the reason we started this was actually to get to our teams and actually impact impact with a culture change and, uh, and kind of bring them along for the journey and show them that innovation is not just the domain of R&D. It's, it's all of them, you know, it's people kind of trying, trying their best and kind of driving to the next big solution because this is not something that just um, the smartest people in R&D are solving. And then I think the second thing for us was very externally driven, which is 
find startups that um, actually solve our own business problems. So all of the challenge statements are actually business problems that our teams grapple with on a daily basis and the problems come from them. Um, the second thing for us there was actually to put our name out there in the ecosystem and actually tell them, look, um, we're here, we, we want to work with you, we want to be a partner in, in your journey and um, kind of combine that with, our, uh, with our, C, uh, our CVC program to actually make sure that we also kind of figure out who the next big uh, startup in the system is. So that's kind of where we started from. And I mean, fast forward a year or so, I think when we last spoke, I think you've done now three cohorts or you're, you're certainly on your third. I think that's just about to be announced, isn't it? Early part of next year. Do you want to just sort of talk to us about sort of how each cohort has looked in terms of companies and innovations and sort of what we might expect to sort of maybe be included in that third cohort next year? So we, we are on our third cohort and it's actually going to be announced end of the month. I hope that we're on time there. A mm -hmm. um, first cohort was actually based out of LATAM and uh, Asia, as I said, yeah. we had nine fabulous companies. And it was also a bit of a risk for the startups to kind of work with us. And then uh, that was a kind of a mix of digital startups. So a lot of people doing like consumer engagement, sustainability, um, as well as actually physical, um, physically based, you know, what is the next new material in the on the horizon? Um, and it was also a mix of like regions. We had one startup from um, uh, Sao Paulo. We had one in Singapore. We had people in Poland. Um, so we, it was really a and one in China, which, as you can imagine, is incredibly hard to crack. Um, so this is also part of the DNA we brought in, which was a, it was a very diverse, um, diverse accelerator. We launched with four languages. We had a China only program. Um, so it really kind of was tying into the whole notion around, you know, meeting people where they are and kind of figuring out how we work with them there. Um, in the second cohort, again, we've had a really good mix of um, companies that do digital solutions, um, but also co companies that are also on the cutting edge of what, you know, next revolution would look like. So we've got uh, one company in speci uh, specifically that does transparent solar cells, um, another one that's um, working on, you know, what the next kind of, um, you know, tag looks like. Um, in the next cohort, um, it'll be slightly different. Again, we're getting much more targeted, but um, we are also not just looking at our six billion uh, labels division. We're looking at the whole company. So the, now we're actually going broader, but more uh, with slightly more detailed uh, uh, challenge statements we got coming with. Um, and for me, I think the thing that we learned over time is we need to be much more pointed about the challenges that we're doing. Um, and we need to kind of bring people along the journey and kind of give them the, give them the tools to kind of work with. Um, but we also want to be thinking a bit bolder and better. For us, we are okay to kind of be a bit broader and kind of keep evolving in that as long as the questions that we're kind of focusing on are really related to business issues that we are we're solving. So that's really um, the biggest part of what we're trying to do here. A question I've got is, and, and this will be really useful for our listeners, is that, you know, um, if companies are looking to build their own internal sort of innovation team, you know, are there any sort of skill sets um, that you recommend they bring in, whether that's internally or externally, to sort of help with that sort of process of, you know, sifting through all these great, you know, ideas, you know, futuristic concepts, whatever it might be. We got lucky with a really good uh, partner in general who could kind of help us on the journeys. We also hired a fantastic uh, program manager. She kind of came with 
years of experience having done this. I think what really helps is a few things. Um, it's kind of the ability to keep the big picture while still kind of managing the details. Um, in some ways, it's an ability also at some level, and it's between uh, me, it's between her, you know, the whole team that kind of works in this to cut off, cut out of the noise sometimes, because there is a lot of noise um, and kind of say, here's the things we really need to solve for. And this is how we need to focus on things. Um, and I think the third thing, which kind of gets underestimated a bit is around bringing people along for the journey as well, because a lot of um, what corporates are scared of is the fear of the unknown, the uncertainty almost. Um, and sometimes you need people to just jump into things and say, look, it's going to be uncertain, but we're going to keep an open mind and then we're going to figure it out together. Um, and you can see the the teams actually, especially in the regions, um, kind of react to it well because they go like, well, we didn't know what we we didn't know when we started. And this is not a this is not just a three person program, right? It's not just all of us running it. It's actually all of the regional teams coming in and like chipping in and kind of driving it um, well together. And you can see the excitement that building up through that journey as well. They start with saying, oh, we don't know what we don't know. And then you say, OK, this is what we're going to do. And then as things progress, you know, towards the end, you kind of hear them all say, well, this was a great journey. Like we learned so much. Um, and that's kind of, you know, you need that level of openness and a kind of willingness to learn from every single person that goes through the, through the program. And we see that happening. It's really cool. So finally, look, we've talked about a few innovations. You've obviously, your, your fingers are sort of really on the pulse in terms of what they might be and digitalization within that. How do you think that's sort of affecting sustainability efforts um, then within um, Avery Denison? Obviously, you've got your 2030 strategy you're working towards, which is all around sustainable goals. And, and um, yeah, I just wondered what the sort of yeah, impacts of your efforts are. So, yes, so there's there's an internal and external discussion for us, which is internally we need to be, you know, hitting our 2030 goals. Um, and that's kind of linked to the whole SBTI uh, standards, right? So we are really a signatory of SBTI. We've got all of our, you know, scope three emissions, uh, scope one and two emissions in line. We want to do that for the whole value chain, not just for us, because it's not just a single um, it's, it's, it's just not a single person guy kind of doing that. So I think that's a big picture for us, which is helping the whole value chain through this change. But just as well, um, we're kind of seeing both sustainability and digitization as both headwinds and tailwinds for packaging. So we really kind of spend um, our time kind of saying, OK, um, how do we get to the next step of um, sustainable packaging um, and sustainable labeling and all of those great things? And for digitization, there's so many use cases. I mean, we, we've seen enough, um, we've seen a lot of work around reusing, reuse packaging, right? Which really then begs the question, how do you make sure that the, 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 the products are being brought back? Um, and that is a massive use case for digitization, track and trace, uh, the digital product passport. All of those are absolutely part of our innovation, innovation roadmap. Um, and what that really means is, we're both looking internally as to how do we facilitate that. Again, what label does is information and decoration, right? Um, and for us, the decoration piece is interesting. The information piece is becoming even more important for, for the value chain as you go on. And, um, and that is really being enabled by kind of the digital, digital part of it. Um, almost how do you get our... RFID tags in it? How do you make sure that things are being read properly? So all of that is actually absolutely part of our journey. 
Um, and ultimately, I think the discussion for us here is around how are we going to be, you know, how are we going to kind of create a net zero, fully circular packaging value chain, both from a digital standpoint and from the uh, from the impact of our products ultimately on it. That brings us to sort of the end of, of the podcast, really. Um, our listeners are going to be, yeah, really interested to hear what you've got to say. So, um, you know, thank you for coming on. Um, and yeah, look forward to, to our next conversation and continuing uh, to talk about these things. Thank you, Tim. It was a pleasure.